0: Welcome to the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, the show that talks culture and leadership in sports with some of the most compelling coaches, athletes, and business people in the world. I am your host, Colin Sernelia, and thank you for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for any additional information you want to know about this episode, and you can also find my contact information if you'd like to say hi. If you aren't driving or in the middle of a run, please consider taking a minute and leaving us a review of the show on Apple podcasts. This is the best way to help other folks find the show. And if you're feeling extra generous, hit share on this episode and post it to your social media handles. Thank you as always for all the support. Don't forget, if you haven't already, to check out my Amazon best-selling book, Culture of Excellence, What We Can Learn from the Yankees About Leadership. This book is a fun and informative read that is filled with impactful stories that will become value-adds to your life. I'm a little biased, but seriously, it's a transformative book. You can find that, training notebooks, swag, and information on the Leadership Academy workshop and trainings all in the show notes or go to Talent409. All right, I have Jen Brooks here with me on the podcast today. And uh, Jen, I want to dive right into my first question here for you. When we talk about development uh, in sports at the high school level, you're a high school athletic director what are, what does that mean to you when we talk about development? Because I think that, you know, a lot of times when people see athletic directors or they hear about athletic directors, they just think, oh, they're administrators, they're paper pushers, you know, and things like that. But as far as like development goes, I know that's something for a, a lot of reasons that's really near and dear to your heart, but I'd love to know what that word means to you to start the conversation.
1: So that's a hard one right off the top, <laughs> um, but it has so many levels to it, you know? So developing it's as an athletic director, as a high school athletic director, not only do I have to develop the program in its entirety, I have to develop my coaches. I have to develop my athletes and I have to develop myself. So it's a constant continual learning program, um, where every day, you know, we're, we're seeing, okay, how can we improve upon what we did yesterday? Um, so it's ongoing, um, and it's multi-leveled. <laughs>
0: so, so then that's the simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. You, you did a great job answering it. And, and I, I especially like how you've even broken it down for us. I mean, saying that there's the different aspects to it, right? The, the program, the coaches, the athletes, and then yourself, which is Probably the most important one of, of all of those. If you can't take care of yourself, if you can't develop yourself, then you're probably not going to be able to help the others. So um, let's, let's start with that one. Let's talk about you a little bit, how you go about your development, some of the resources that you use. Can you give us some insight into all of that?
1: So, you know, for me, it's important to be, um, t- to learn and to just never stop learning to be that lifelong learner. So, you know, looking out what, looking out for what works for me, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books, um, professional development opportunities via zoom or going to actual conferences or workshops, or if that's not available, then creating <laughs> this piece of professional development that I may need, um, or my coaches may need, um, So yeah, it's, 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 um, trying to find that, you know what it's, and it, sometimes you, you think you found something that works and you're learning and then you realize, okay, that has run dry. Now let's pivot and let's try this out. So it's being willing to constantly learn and seeking out learning opportunities.
0: Sure. Yeah. I love that. Seeking it out. That's, that's a big, reminder i think for all of us that it's it's not just going to when you're an adult it doesn't just come to you you have to go go find it when it comes to learning development any of that good stuff that can better your life now i'm curious from your perspective so you know a lot of times we talk about student athlete development and i know how important it is for them to get the development in, in a number of different ways um, but I, I also believe, quite frankly that if the coaches aren't being given the same opportunity, then it probably doesn't have the same type of impact that it can. So from your perspective as th- and as a, excuse me, as an athletic director, how do you go about that alignment? Like making sure that the opportunities that you're giving your student athletes who are super hungry for them, are still given to your coaches who some of them may be as hungry. um, Others, let's just face it, may not be as hungry. And so how do you go about that alignment to uh, get everybody on the same page when it comes to all of that?
1: So for me, the biggest challenge, and I will say that probably many of my colleagues would say the same is that many of my coaches don't work in this building. So I have a staff of 40 people and 39 of them have a job outside of this building a full-time job outside of this building. So I have to find opportunities um, for them to learn at their own place, at their own space on their own time. So gone for me anyway, are the days of everyone gathering every mor- Monday morning at 7. AM and having a huddle <laughs> talk that just right, doesn't right. happen because they're <laughs> off, you know, doing their own things with their own full-time jobs, which I get. And I respect So I will say, you know, um, especially in this era of COVID and Zoom, you know, we've learned to adapt and we've learned to pivot. And so that is helping that mindset um, when I offer opportunities for my coaches. Um, And I think the other thing, too, is giving them permission to say, here's what I'm offering you. Do it when you can. Not saying, be here, do this, do that, do it by now. I'm just saying, here's an opportunity you know, and do it on, at your own pace, at your own time. I think that, um, opens up a little, you know, more freedom, the freedom allows for more growth because they're sure. more open to hear what you have to say. Sure. So that's the biggest challenge I, I can pr- pr- provide professional development, but it, it looks different these days than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago.
0: Now, do you think the COVID or not, do you think that you will continue to evolve that way, where you're you're going to continue to to work in that uh, style? I guess
1: I do. You know, there that human connection will always be important, but that just means that when they're on campus, I have to be more intentional about my interactions with them when I see them on campus. Sure, but I will continue to provide this professional development. Um, that they can do on their own. And and when we have the opportunity to gather and we can have everybody in one place, yeah, we'll do that. But that might be a once a year type thing as opposed to a more regularly set option of learning.
0: So was it, for some reason, it doesn't seem like, I, I know COVID forced our hands on a lot of things, um, but it doesn't seem like you were really resistant to the idea that a more virtual type of relationship could work and, um, you know, it's just, you, you see sometimes still to this day, you, you see some resistance, you see people so eager to get back to the office, not because so much they they miss the social interaction, but because like, that's the only way they know how to do things, or that's the only way they found success in their business model and everything. But it seems like, you know, for whatever reason, you don't resist that. I mean, how do you go about the people that you know, maybe they are a little resistant of it still, and, and um, maybe they don't want to learn the technology. They they don't want to do the things that we have to do in order to be successful in that type of world.
1: You know, I have to be patient, <laughs> and I have to you know take that extra time and then those extra steps to show them why this is important, how it will help them, and if I have to sit down and walk them through the technology. I need to do that, Sure, um, you know, and and sometimes, you know, th- the beauty of it is if we're if when I'm when I'm if I have a coach who's struggling with the technology, I can say, have one of your athletes walk you through this. They'll show you how to do it. And that's <laughs> then the, the student becomes a teacher and vice versa. And that's a good learning moment as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you've segued us nicely into, so essentially we're we're just talking about relationships and how to build relationships. And it was a topic that I was, when I was thinking about our conversation that I was interested to get your perspective on, because, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different stakeholders that you deal with, and you've talked about some of them, some of them that we probably haven't mentioned yet, parents, uh, maybe principals uh, at schools and things like that. When it comes to building relationships, like what are some of the vital points of emphasis that you have to say, like, in order for this relationship to work, here's what we need to do. Like, we need to be on the same page as this. We can't really flex too much on that. You know, what are some of those like really important aspects to your relationship building process with all of those key stakeholders?
1: So two things I would say, number one, it would be good communication. OK, so that means being a good speaker and being a good listener. OK, so it can't be one sided. Good communication means asking questions to make sure that you are understanding and that you are hearing what they're saying and vice versa. The second thing is, do your definitions align? OK, so I may use words, I may use ideas, but I need to make sure that the people that I'm talking to have that same definition. Okay. So whether it's talking about, you know um, what a good program looks like, are we defining a good program the same way? Cause if we're not, then that's when the problem comes in. Sure. So we have to make sure that we're defining, you know, what is success? Well, we need to make sure that we're defining success the same way, because if my boss says success, success is only winning games. And I say, well, success is more than winning games. We've got to come to an understanding. Otherwise there's, you know, going to be some serious miscommunication and some serious problems. So the good communication, it's, it's a multi levered thing. It's good communication. And it's making sure that we understand the words we are using that you define it the same way as I do And maybe I don't have to agree with how you define it, but at least I know, okay, that's where his thoughts coming from. That makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. So, so funny that you talk about that. So we do one of the exercises we do through the Leadership Academy is culture pyramid building. And part of it is identifying words that are a part of your, your culture. It's just like an expansion on core values. And it just looks nice with the, the culture and the pyramid and everything. And so we talk about so often how like the word success, for example, can mean one thing to you uh, and a totally different thing to me. And that's okay at the start of the exercise, but by the end of the exercise, there needs to be more of a mutual understanding about what success is in order for the culture to be fully fledged. At least that's that's my belief and it seems like that's your belief too. And I'd love to you know, segue us now to talk a little bit more about your culture and your program and the definitions that you've put out. You don't necessarily need to give us all the words that you've defined, but when somebody asks you, you know, what's your program all about and what do you stand for? What are some of the things that stand out for you? What are some of the things that you would tell people?
1: You know, so to, to, to start off by saying, first off, that culture is a way of life, you know, it, it's how we do things. And so what I then emphasize, what I, how, how I do things here is, you know, I'll start by saying, of course, I want to win, okay. <laughs> but let's push that aside, okay. But I want—I don't want people to uh, to think that I don't want to win. But we're pushing that aside. I first off want to build young people of character. You know, I want—I want people to be, you know, um, just highly regarded when it comes to their character. Um, I think that winning becomes a byproduct. So, so when we talk about being a person of character, we're, we're striving for excellence in everything that we do. So we're striving for excellence as far as, you know, mental growth, physical growth, skill growth, game preparation, all those things. Okay. That's what striving for excellence. That's what that means to me. Um, and, and so we're focusing on all of that, which allows for growth. It allows for mistakes. Um, so, so that's excellence isn't perfection. It's growth. Um, So that's what my culture looks like. It's a culture of I put you before me that um, I value assist over goals sort of a thing Um, that, you know, in, in our culture here, if you are the top goal scorer, but you are not a quality person, we will not raise you up if you are a striving for excellence, everyday person, but not the most gifted athlete, but you are working hard and you're a person of character and you're doing it for your, the your teammates, that's who will raise up. That's who will lift up. That's who will say, look here, be like them. All those things. Then I think winning then happens because you focus on those things.
0: Sure. Yeah. I love it. And I think Culture is a Way of Life is a great book title if you're looking to write one in the future. So. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really awesome. Now, it, so what you just walked us through seems like a, a very selfless type of culture, right? and um, tend to agree on, on many of the things that you said. One area that I'm always interested in is let's, let's take like an individual, um, basketball is, I guess, a, a really good sport for this. Um, you have somebody who's a point guard. They're a really great distributor They They pass the ball. Um, sometimes they pass the ball in opportunities where you'd rather them take the shot and they're just super selfish, uh, or self selfless, excuse me, people. Um, but there are, there are always going to be situations where, you do need to be a little selfish um, and, and you need to be able to, I guess, determine when that moment is um, and, and know that being selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? In that context. Um, is that ever something that you come across where you say to someone like, wow, they, they are super selfless and like um, they, they fit the culture. They, they are everything that we live and breathe, but I need them to hit that big shot in that one moment and they're not willing to take that shot. How do I get them from where they are and still be that same person, except in that moment, flip that switch? Have you ever come across that before?
1: Oh, sure. You know, and those are what I call my, my teachable moments. You know, (laughs) that's when I can pull that young lady aside and say, um, and especially in today's world, when I can show game film, you know, and say this here, right here, that's when I needed you to to shoot the ball, you know? Um, And so they can see it and go, okay, yes, now I get it. Um, Or, you know, if it's, you know, um, doing a service project at school and no one steps up, it's me taking a kid aside and putting my arm around her and saying, I need you to to lead this. And following up both of those conversations with, I believe in you. I think you can do this. No, no, no. I know you can do this. I want you to do this. I need you to do this. Those are huge I mean, just think about that. If I'm a young person and an adult who I trust and look up to says those things about me, like, look out world, here I come, you know? (laughs) Um, and so we have to realize that our words are powerful. So we have to find, we have to seek out those teachable moments. And then when they happen, we have to use our powerful words.
0: Yeah. I love it. I, I, live by a quote that says always believe deep down that you're destined to do great things and i just know uh, that has helped me as an individual but uh, to your point i mean especially when you, when you're an adult um just i think having the self-awareness to realize how powerful your words are and, and understanding that the your delivery is probably more important uh, than anything else. And <laughs> I cringe sometimes in professional settings when adults to adults don't deliver things in, in the correct way or the way that, I guess, I, I maybe would deliver it. Um, but it's it's even more magnified when you're talking to, even if it's a, a high school senior, you know, someone who's 18, they're still super impressionable at that age, still growing, still developing their, their brains and their minds. And um, I just think that's a, another excellent reminder of, just the influence that we have as adults, as coaches, as, as athletic directors.
1: Sorry to interrupt, but I want to help you get fit. Christine here from Sweat With Sod's. Being at home has a lot of people in a rut with their workouts, but you don't have to be. My Hit at home workouts require no equipment and can be done in 30 minutes or less. And if Hit isn't for you, I also design custom programs that can be done virtually, in person, or a combination of both. I put my years of experience teaching classes and personal training into all of my programs. I've worked with lots of people and helped them achieve very different goals. So what are you waiting for? Head to sweatlessdods.com today. And don't forget that as a listener to this podcast, you can get a discount with code dynamic at checkout. Can't wait to hear from you. And now back to the
0: show. So I'd love to bring us into the conversation now where, uh, one of your, I, I mentioned the word influence, and uh, one of your uh, big initiatives in, in life, and um, you know, even as a business professional, uh, is the the global community of women in high school sports. You are the founder of this organization, a great organization. And one of the initiatives is to um, advance women into positions of leadership, something that for our Leadership Academy aligns very, very well. And I say all the time, and, you know, I'm really hopeful that there's, there's more Julie Earths in the world in the future and, you know, people like that. So, um, I'd love to learn a little bit more, tell the listening audience, I know, obviously, but uh, tell the listening audience a little bit more about the organization. And then let's start with, you know, why advancing women into positions of influence is so important at the core of what you do.
1: Sure. Sure. So I'm a high school athletic director. I'm a female. Let's start with that. And so that makes me a minority. Um, and, and as being a female, really, in general, I'm a minority in this in this male-dominated business. But specifically, when we're talking about sports, it's a male-dominated industry. And so I've been an athletic director for 25 years. And um, within the last couple of years, I just was feeling my frustration levels had peaked and i just couldn't do it anymore um my voice was being shut down i wasn't invited into the rooms i wasn't a part of the meetings i joked that my invisible powers were constantly kicking in because the men in the room never noticed me because i oftentimes was the only woman in the room so i decided to find power in being the only woman in the room Um, And I went to a couple of the national organizations that sponsor high school sports. And I asked them for a space in their organization for female athletic directors. They said, no, they said no, because I was asking men and they didn't see a need for it. So that's fair. That's fine. Um, But anybody who knows me knows that I'll say, okay, well then I'm just going to create my own space. And that's what (laughs) I did and I founded the global community of women in high school sports. So, um, you know, it's, it's grown so much over the past year. It's, um, a a huge passion of mine. I'm, I, you know, we need to create more opportunities for women in sports, whether it's, you know, creating more positions for female athletic directors, female coaches, and more opportunities for female athletes that has to happen. So, my own mission along with that of the global community is creating space um, for women um, in in the, in the male dominated sports industry, you know, um, and, and finding power. Um, So, so oftentimes we are going to be the only woman in the room. And so how do we find power in that? And knowing that sometimes when I'm sitting there, my voice is speaking for everybody who can't be there. Um, And so, you know, um, I love it. Um, it's hard, it's frustrating, but I'll tell you, um, as much as it is frustrating and sad that I, we have to work so hard, um, the energy and the joy that I'm getting from all these women who are reaching out and saying, this is so great. We need this. Thanks for doing this. That's huge. Um, I know that it's my responsibility. It is my responsibility as a female, as a female athletic director to make the path, the journey to the person who's going to sit in my chair after me way easier than it was for me.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's like the, um, not to attribute a quote to a guy, but Abraham Lincoln uh, used to talk about how each generation that comes in should, so like Americans uh, should leave the country in a better place than it was when they came into this world. And um, just something that I I often think about in what what you just said there as well. And uh, it's I've been a part of the, the organization in, in a couple of different ways. You've, you've been uh, gracious enough to, to give me opportunities to speak. And I think one of the, the biggest takeaways I had, it was uh, the connection that I felt like the, the level of enthusiasm and, and the level of engagement, maybe is the better word um, between everyone in that was there for, for that particular day. Um, obviously that's not everyone, but, um, I imagine if that one particular call, for example, uh, was as engaging as it was, that the community as a whole um, is very well-connected and very well-engaged. And I would love to know, you know, how do you, um, you know, uh, besides uh, sharing the the common frustration, I'm sure, of um, having to deal with people like me in, in sports, uh, but <laughs> how do you go about uh, creating a community that is so engaging and that wants to um also help you initiate all that change because you know a lot of times people um, myself included I've, I've come to this this uh, roadblock before where you create something and you think just because it's a powerful message that it's just going to do the work for you and you're um, going to have all these loyal followers and listeners and everything it's like no it, it takes a little bit more than that so I'd, I'd love how you um would love to know how you You know, actually get that engagement from from your community to um, participate and to help you continue the initiative.
1: I think it starts with me being authentic, um, me being my true self, um, which means that, um, you know, some days I'm excited and some days I'm sad and some days I'm mad and some days I'm just here, you know, (laughs) um, and we as females in the sports world, we're bonded together because of that simply. Okay. Um, And so I think that you can either allow, you know, life to keep happening as is, or you can say, Nope, it's time for me to be seen and be heard. And I think that that's where we are with our group of women and and men. Okay. So this is an important piece of the puzzle. There's men that are a part of our organization and rightfully so we're an inclusive organization. We need our male allies. We need men to understand what it's like for us to sit in that room as the only woman. We need men to help our voices get heard, Um, and so I think that in this, you know, world that we are living in now, post the Me Too movement, sort of, let's say, sure. um, I think that there are a lot of women and, and young women out there um, who are ready for change and who are yearning for change and who, who just are tired of being invisible. And so I think that the global community fits that need um, and it's a safe space, you know, it's a safe space. And I think that's what, what's also important.
0: Yeah, Sure how um, this is something I, I think about often and, and I'm wondering if you have any insight on it. So the, you know, f- take, for example, um, I, I don't want to give away who, who I'm talking about here, so I'll, I'll try and disguise it all. Um, but a, a female sport um, coached by males um, and it seems to be that uh, it, it at every level, it's, it's males. Um, and and I am sure that there are capable women, um, whether they're parents of, of the children or, um, you know, teachers in, in the community, uh, whatever it is, how, how do we, um, has whether, whether you're male or or not, I guess. Um, but I, but I think about this because I, I know this, this group of people and and they're good people, but you know, it's like, Um, you know, at some point you'd love to see an assistant get hired. Who's, who's a female, for example, like, how do you have that conversation with somebody and not alienate them to the point where, um, you know, you're doing more damage than you're doing good. Does does that make sense? What I'm trying to get at? Uh,
1: Yes, it does. And and here's what I would say is it starts really simple and here's what it is. It's, we have to redefine, reimagine, and re, uh, redefine, reimagine, and, and create the narrative that's different for what a coach looks like, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So, and when, whenever we say the word coach, probably a male pops up in most cases. So how do we, on a whole level, redefine and reimagine what it looks like to be a coach. I think when you can change that, when you can redefine and reimagine what coach looks like, what they're defined like, then I think it opens doors for anyone, no matter what they look like, no matter what sex they are, no matter no matter what color they are, no matter no matter, you know? So so it's that challenge of redefining and reimagining. You know, yeah. the same goes for me as a high school athletics director. You know, I don't fit the narrative of what a high school athletic director looks like because I'm a female. So how do we change the narrative? That's what we have to do is change the narrative and that will open doors for everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, really great point. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that I have the, um, you know, as well as the moral compass, but the, the influence, I guess, to, uh, to be able to have a conversation like that and be impactful, uh in the way that we hope it's going to be cuz um you know it's just, it, I think about it all the time uh, and again i i i don't want to um put these uh, different definitions on that necessarily don't have to be there cuz it's a a predominantly female sport um that it needs to be a female coach but um, you know, at the same time, there there isn't any female representation. And it's really, uh, this is the challenge that I had uh, before I started having contractors on was there's just certain things I will never understand from, from a male perspective to a female perspective. So I feel like to, to get the full value in the full production out of a person like to truly help them be their full self you can't do that if if there's you know like a fundamental uh, genetic difference uh, between someone and um, so so I, it's just something that i I constantly am thinking about you know how do we get more people in the room who can represent the people and I guess that's where you know, we're, we're talking just diversity in general with all of this.
1: Right. And the other piece of that puzzle is by people like you, i.e. males inviting people like me, females into the room. Mm -hmm. So that invitation is huge. You know, that's, that's, you know, we need you to open the door for us. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's too often slammed in our face. We need you. We need men to open the door for me, open the door for me and I'll take it from there you know, uh, but we sometimes need that door open or we need that invitation. And again, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the power word, you know, there's power in words. So there's power in your invitation. There's power in you saying to a young woman, have you ever considered being a coach? Have you ever considered you should go for that position? You should, you should do that. There's power in your words.
0: Yeah. I love that. Very, very good reminder. Now you do, quite a number of different things with uh, the global community. And I'd love for you to, again, tell us a little bit more about what are some of the features of becoming a part of the organization? Uh, what are the type of people uh, that, that you can get connected with and, um, you know, just the, the overall value of uh, being in the organization outside of obviously supporting a really great initiative.
1: Sure, so we're open to everyone, um, but um, those particularly int- being you know high school athletic directors, um, high school coaches, and those aspiring to be high school athletic directors or high school coaches. We offer mentoring programs, a book club. Um, we offer um, networking opportunities. We offer job postings. Um, we offer uh, learning opportunities, professional development. We do a monthly office call, which we were grateful for you to, to be a part of. Um, we just offer many, many opportunities for, for growth, for personal and professional growth as someone who wants to be, or is involved in high school athletics. Um, and I'm super proud of what we're doing. Um, it's getting bigger every day. We have a website, check it out, follow us on social media. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, It's fun to be a part of this group and I'm learning a ton and the passion and the, and the energy and the knowledge and the wisdom that these women have, like, it's amazing. I love it. I love, I I realize I'm not alone anymore. That's been fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be an amazing feeling, you know, just yes. having, um, not that you need the uh, the support for reaffirmation, I, I guess, but uh, just knowing that you're not all alone. Cause sometimes it does feel like that in, in certain situations, gotta be just an amazing feeling. And it is such a, an awesome community. And I'm going to put the website, all the social uh, handles in the show notes for this episode. So we'll make sure we make that easy access for people. Uh, so, Jen, just in terms then of um, you know global community included by your athletic director uh, career in the future, I mean, what are what are some of the things here in the near future that you're hoping to accomplish? Um, you know, just what whatever it is, I, I I'm not I'm not going to uh, put any labels on it. But what are some of those things that you're looking to accomplish in the near future?
1: So, for me personally, and then professionally, as far as global community goes. It's about creating more space and more opportunities for females. And then on the flip side of that, it's about um, having conversation with my male colleagues to have them understand and and to create more awareness of what it's like, that gender difference of what it's like. Um, So it's very simple. It sounds simple. It's stated (laughs) simply, but it's far more complex than that. Uh, But I, I love the challenge. I'm up for it. I look forward to it. It gives me energy. Um, yeah, and it's, it's all good.
0: Now, if there, I know you had mentioned that you have some, um, whether it's mentorship or training resources within the, the global community for people who either want to become coaches at the high school level or who want to become athletic directors, are there just a few, you know, maybe general resources that you can shout out for folks, um, that they could, you know, check out on their own time as well as your organization.
1: You know, I would say that if you want to become involved in high school athletics, start volunteering, Um, become a volunteer coach, become a volunteer assistant coach. Um, That's the learning happens on the job, you know, so I could tell you, go get this degree, go take these classes. Yeah, those are all good, but the learning is going to happen in the experience. So especially for the young people out there, um, definitely start coaching and volunteer, um, that's, that's, what's going to get you in the door.
0: Yeah. Pretty, uh, again, pretty simple. Uh, not, right? not a, not a huge secret, but, um, no,
1: cause you'll find that like, you know, I joke around and I'll say, you know, people, I'll ask people, guess what my degree's in. And though, of course they want to say sports management or something, you know, no, I'm a religious studies major. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, and, and my peers will tell you they have similar things. It's not, we didn't, we, what we went to school for, we did not, that it did not prepare us for what we do on our job every day. It's, it's the learning experience. So get involved in an athletic program at some level, somehow, and start asking questions and start saying, hey, hey, you know, talk to the, I mean, that's how I got this job. I reached out to the athletic director and said, Hey, you know, if you ever need any help, let me know. Boom. Within a few months, I was the athletic director. Yeah, Life happened, you know, so <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's another great reminder write the letter make the phone call just be proactive and good things will will happen you know whether it's athletic director coach whatever industry you're in I think it's another really great reminder Uh, And Jen, I just want to say again before we wrap everything up here today just um, how impressed I am with the organization and I came away from the opportunity that, that you gave me just so energized, like um, how I normally come off of these calls after talking to people like yourself. And um, that doesn't always happen. And that was why, you know, I asked you that question about the engagement and how you were able to build that with your community. And so I do think it's a, a really special one. Um, highly encourage any listeners to please, please check it out. The links right in the show notes. Just if you're not driving, click over and uh, check it out. But um, any last words of, of wisdom that you want to leave us with before we let you go here today? You
1: know, I appreciate the opportunity to sit at your table, to have this great conversation with you um, about, you know, what it's like to be a female athletic director, a female, female in the athletic world, you know, and just hopefully people, our listeners have, um, have a few tidbits on how they can be more proactive and how they can see the woman in the room.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Again, I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you.